podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, it's James Baldwin welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast, as we recap the entire 2019 season. And I'm joined, as always, in the studio by my friends and yours. Welcome back to you, Tommy T. Good to be back, boys. And Campy, my friend. Let's Hello to you. We're good, Tommy. How was your trip? Yeah, yeah, really good. Any exotic diseases to report? Uh, nah. That's that disappointing, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just clicked where that came from. <laughs> that was Campy's joke good from man. last time. Uh, good that he was paying attention to himself, of Where, course. Where'd you actually go, Tommy? So two weeks in Uganda doing some coffee-related things and then work-related. Work related. So, and then after that decided that I needed to unwind a little bit in New York for two weeks. <laughs> good part of the world. Yeah, so. Good part. A little bit of snow on the ground and then just cocktails, coffee, and uh, managed to watch the race as well, which was really good. And of course, we missed you last two podcasts. We did. But uh, this is why we wanted to do this one. So if you're new here, thanks for listening. We have a decent back catalogue, really from about mid-year, though. I wouldn't listen to anything before that. It was pretty substandard. But uh, feel free to jump back. If you're the kind of person that's already been listening, then sit back, relax. We're going to recap 2019 and go through a number of different points. Uh, boys, 2019, year of Oz F1. We burst it very rapidly into the year camp. And uh, as we said last time, it's been pretty phenomenal. We did. Starring, I reckon. <laughs> okay, we'll just one jump word, straight up to one that. One word to describe the year, starring. Oh, <laughs> and of course, Tommy T joined us a couple of episodes in, mate. It's been great to have you part of this, and it's been great to have you guys listen as well. So as always, don't forget to subscribe if you would like. Uh, please leave us a review as well. It all helps us get further along into the world of F1. All right, boys. Well, let's just jump into 2019 as a season. It was a huge year of changes coming out of 2018. Of course, the biggest one for us was Daniel Ricciardo jumping from Red Bull into Renault. We also had Charlotte Leclerc jumping out of Alfa Romeo into Ferrari and Kimi Raikkonen going the other direction. There was a number of team changes as well, but Really, it started in Australia with massive disappointment for us with Danny Rick ripping his uh, front wing off on that little service road, but it's been a hell of a year. So instead of going race by race, what we'll do is we'll just ask some questions to all three of us and we'll argue them out until the death. Or until <laughs> Slash da- until James decides he's right. <laughs> and until I just mute yeah. the microphones, <laughs> which is generally what is going to happen. Boys, let's talk about Rookie of the Year. Of course, we've had two results recently uh, as published. The F1 actual awards gave it to Alexander Al. Bon, and then the Fan Awards gave it to Lando Norris. Of course, there's only three. George Russell is the third. Tommy, your yeah. Rookie of the Year. How could the fans be so ignorant to give it to Lando? <laughs> How? So, wait, I don't know because you've got two <laughs> positions here because you don't like Albon or Lando. So who are you going to decide with? Yeah, the Williams driver. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's his first year in his team. Surely it's a rookie. He's a rookie from halfway. <laughs> yeah, because he was. I'm going to go with Albon for me. Okay. I, re- I really like what he did at the start of the year in yep. the Toro Rosso, which launched him enough to get into the Red Bull team. Yes, a little bit disappointing in the Red Bull compared to what we were expecting and maybe hoping. But I think give him the start of next year. And if he doesn't perform, then we'll. We'll reconsider. Tommy, what was your favourite moment for Albon this year then? I'm, I'm finding it hard to really narrow it down, but just some of those overtaking moves, some of the ballsier kind of moves that we expect from 
watching Danny Ricardo after I'm the promotion. To think, it was one at, there was one at Spa, I'm pretty sure, that yeah, sure, I think, right. it was, I think yeah. it was through like corners three and four, which you don't overtake in. Mm. And he just decided to just throw it down the inside. He was doing good. Look, for me, for Albon, it's China. You know, starting from the pit lane is doing an amazing job of, of coming through the field. And especially after he crashed out, like, he had a confidence knock and then he had a confidence boost. I think he's going from strength to strength. Yeah, I'll give it to Albon as well. Oh, campy. No, are you okay? Well, are you, the, are you the, quite story, well? the story is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Kirby yeah. from, was, had a contract for Formula E. Got, that got ripped up real quick. Drive with the Toro Rosso and then. Well, the contract with the Formula E is as real as the sport. Well, <laughs> not. <laughs> but to get, to get the promotion in your first year, I. I don't agree with I don't think it was the smartest decision, but like as a rookie, you can't – you're in a top six car now, like the the top six cars of the grid yeah. with the best drivers on the grid. For the moment anyway. Yeah. What, yeah. Do, what do we think would have happened if he didn't make the switch and he stayed in Tyrell Rosso and Gasly stayed at Red Bull? He would have gone up this year. Do you reckon that he would have been still stronger and before, outperformed Kvyat? Oh, uh, That's the hardest thing no, to know. No, I don't think so. I think it would have been – a lot of what we saw, the same, yeah. same. But. Some potential, but I think <clears throat> Gasly would have just kept spiralling, to be honest. Ah, uh, yeah. No well, good. I think they made the move more for Gasly, not for Albon, though. Either way, the Red Bull talent pool is a bit useless at yep. the moment. Yep. Uh, look, I'm giving it to Lando because I am a fan. Squid. And uh, <laughs> you, you, made that dis- you made this decision before the season started. That's very true. Uh, big fan of Lando. I love everything he does on social media. I think, you know, finishing sixth twice in a McLaren that last year, you know, just would not have thought of being in the top ten, let alone in six, fighting with the big boys. Look, you know, Spanked. he, he got and, spanked by his teammate. He and he, he's not. Yes, but he and Max are very similar age, similar category. Coming up with Charlotte, the same. The fact that he was fighting Red Bulls and Mercedes, yes, eventually they used they would get past, but in a much slower car, much is like a second a lap or whatever. Look, all praise to him really for for what he did. I think. Albon is great, and of course, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm definitely on team Albon, but for me, Lando is the man when it comes to Rookie of the Year. And off the top of my head, he was pretty unlucky in about four races where he didn't get to finish or had some very poor starts. Like, I think Canada, he ended up like one lap before his thing blew up. Yeah. Like, very unlucky. It's very disappointing. And it's only between the two of them. I mean, George Russell doesn't factor. We like George Russell here. Yeah, yeah, it's just unfortunate but, when you're in a team that far back, it's hard to it's really hard to say. You. But, I mean, to, to be fair, George outperformed an absolute champion driver. Yes, yep. it's been quite a while since he's been in a Formula 1 car, but you can't take that away from Robert. You just can't. So it's been it's been a great for him. It's going to be interesting to see him against Latifi next year. Of course, Tommy, Ooh, just, uh, yeah. we were talking before the podcast, I think George is going to spank Latifi. Latifi has been placing second all over the place. I think he's a money driver. Not very anything wrong to with his that. Canadian counterpart. Yep, it's going to be, oh, here we go, great. Another bloody stroll type situation. But that's okay. Get There's no other accent. F1 teams to buy currently. So <laughs> in racing time, might be going in the McLaren. <laughs> please, please, may I have a Red Bull? Daddy, uh, give me a Teammate. All right, now let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about driver Formula One driver of the year. If, of course, goes to Daniel Ricciardo. Yep. The next category is driver of the year. That's the non-Daniel Ricciardo category, of course. Yes. Uh, now, Campy, driver of the year for you. Please don't say Lewis Hamilton. If I hear anyone say <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, you're going to be muted for the rest of the podcast. Look, I, I don't want to give it to a top team. Okay, but I'm not going to give it to Carlos. Although, he Interesting. Prob- he probably should. I'm going to give it to Kimmy. 
That, mate, Kimmy's first <laughs> half of the year was... Outstanding. He looked was, like he was still was, in that Ferrari. That was godlike, oh, yeah. that first half of the year. It tapered off, but I don't think... And that's because so the, much, I mean, he was hungover. No, no, but that's the development wasn't being done as rapidly as yeah, everyone else. Yeah. So yep. I think he just didn't have the machine. I'm totally with you. I mean, it's not my answer, but I'm with you for your reasoning. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Rockin and I, yep. I love the guy. We love a guy that comes and just wears shorts when everyone else is wearing pants. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> much it, like Campy. <laughs> and a do, you, do you reckon he'll get a gig to the FIA end of year awards? You see? No. 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 And if he did, he wouldn't turn up. No, didn't. Didn't get it. You know, not like last year where he was oh. just doing the, the fantastic pointing to Seb. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, he was trolleyed, I'm pretty sure, from, he, it was the last lap in Abu Dhabi. He got out of the car, he went to a bar, and then it left. was the FIA yeah, Awards. Left. There was no time between that that he remembers. Uh, it was just oh. a whole thing. We love uh, him. Tommy, non or driver of the year, either non-Daniel Ricciardo category for you. I'm going to go Max. If, if I'm trying to equalise oh. for... Machines, yes, and we're just looking at driver talent. I think he did the most with what he had. Spot on. I think I just can't fault him. Just to come from Star. some of the situations where he was no fault of his own at the back of the pack, and he's found his way through much quicker than anyone we've seen all year. Yep, to get back to fighting for that podium position consistently, I think is pretty unbelievable. And I think if Red Bull can get a competitive car, he's challenging for the championship easily. I, I think, think that's, you're a, right. that's a great summation, mate. And for someone still so young, we forget how young he is. Yeah. He started when he was totally. 17. Totally. Well, like he should, he could be a rookie. He's that young. Well, I was going to say, the, the thing for him is if you look at Raikkonen, <laughs> first answer through to yeah. Max. Max has got 20 years in this sport if he wants it. Yeah. Really? For yep. sure. That is, he's got time on his side to, to make it. He, he has a real chance yeah. to, to catch Hamilton and Schumacher for championships if he keeps doing what he's I'm doing. I'm a big rap on him. I just think he's, for raw talent, Yeah, he's the quickest driver I think we'll ever see. I, th- I think we're all uh, kind of forgiving him for the, the Daniel Ricciardo era and this year's kind of just cleansed I our never palette. Really had a, I never had much against him in that Daniel Ricciardo period because he was beating him. So yeah. I was like, good. That's it. I mean, no, the guy's think- quick and we know that, but... A year separated. We see that they still get along. They love each other. They joke around. Yeah, and we know I think it's more about the team and we can culture, not about the, the drivers yeah, sure. when it comes to that Red Bull oh, fold. Spot on there. Well, look, my driver of the year is actually uh, Perez. Nah, it's not. He's useless. <laughs> uh, no, I'm giving it to Signs because I think from, from pulling – he is the lead driver of McLaren. Pulling McLaren out of the Alonso era uh, where apparently if you mention the word Alonso near anyone in Honda, they, you know, freak out still because he completely ruined that relationship. So good luck to you, mate, for GP2 any sort of future drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but look, at that point, he wasn't totally wrong. No, absolutely you know, not. But he could have dealt with it a lot better. Signs has performed phenomenally this year to get – Back yes. on the podium for McLaren in over 2,000 days or however long it was, 2,072 days, I think, from the top of my head. Incredible performance. When a Mercedes engine ends up in that chassis, oh. it is going to be magic time. And I, I think he's the kind of guy with a good head on his shoulders. He's definitely not the best driver on the grid, but he's the most consistent. He learns the best, and he just puts the car exactly where it needs to be in every lap. And for the midfield, midfield team comparisons, McLaren went down the right track yep. with their car design. Very similar to the Red Bull. Yes. Yep. Very similar. Yep. Whereas the Renault, they went down the Ferrari line of their chassis 
an aerodynamic performance. And they got it wrong. And it was good on certain tracks. but there was sure. a, And early on, they should have really early, like the first five, of the race, five races of the season, they should have really consolidated a lot of early points, which they didn't. They had yep. mechanicals, Danny Ricks, Australia. I think they touched yeah. in Bahrain. To, anyway, we're making excuses, but... Yep. We will always make excuses for Daniel Ricciardo. Let's be perfectly honest. It's interesting because, you know, if you've listened to the Beyond the Grid podcast with Daniel, which was last week's episode, incredible, couldn't go on long enough. You know, the fact that he was still eating cold salmon, very Australian. Love it, mate. Uh, he He was talking about some incredible stuff and just his commitment to this team. Lots of people are saying, oh, well, you know, you left Red Bull and look at Max winning or whatever. And his point is still, yeah, but we weren't fighting for a championship and that's what I want to do. Renault might not be that case for 2020, but I'll tell you what, this is a great stepping stone for him for 2021 to go forward again. And uh, that's what I'm most excited about for, for Danny Rick in 2021. All right, yep. worst driver of the year. Grosjean. <laughs> you were away when we did the Formula One driver comparison. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, and right, I completely agree with you saying that you're Grosjean. James getting geeked. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I no. so I read the the point and went, oh no, this is something that I put in here a while ago with the three of us Just, sitting here. Well, I would have given it to uh, Mr. Whipping Boy Gasly. Yes, but he got a podium. He got so, a bloody second, and he got lucky with that podium. Yeah, he, he still but, drove the pants off that car. He did, he did well. And since he dropped back, he hasn't been terrible. Yep. He just didn't make that jump into the better car, which which is really strange because a lot of these guys come from poor performing cars into a better car and they're immediately quicker. Well, and like yes. we heard from Danny, it's hard yeah. to go from a good car to an, an average car. But yeah. I will give it to Stroll. Uh, he's been nowhere. His one lap pace is terrible. Yep. Mm-hmm. He had some good performances at a couple of races this year. No, I don't think he belongs there. He's a boy. The fact this that he took that seat. This is a man sport. The fact that he took that seat off it. of Ocon yeah. is just stupid. I mean, Ocon performed quite well last year in that Force India. Yeah. Well, we know why that happened. That I was feel a money sorry thing. for Ocon next year. He's going to get his ass handed to him. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. But, you know, good on him. He's back in a Formula One seat, yep. Yep. which is more than you can say for Nico Hulkenberg. Yep. Or Rosberg. Or Rosberg. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Nico Rosberg, and I do terrible ads, and I always wear white suits and give really stupid commentary. And silk grey T-shirts. <laughs> we don't like that kind of thing. I'll say your podcast is terrible. Uh, and that's coming from someone who does this. Encourage uh, me, mate. <laughs> uh, for you, Tommy T, worst driver of the year. It's Grosjean. I just – his decision-making sometimes. I just – if I was the owner of a team or a manager of a team, I just couldn't have him – Mm. I just can't count on him to do anything. Great, He's not consistent at all. Great technical feedback, though. <laughs> yeah, clearly, because that harsh was so competitive. What are we talking about? Maybe he was talking about technical feedback for rich energy drink. And yeah, saying, no, it's not sweet Technical enough. feedback uh, from what it's like to be off in the ga- in the gravel. Well, that's why they re-signed him. I was just pointing it out. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, though. I, I just – so inconsistent and yeah. very, very uh, quickly, almost instantaneously – Shifts the blame to anyone else on the track, even slightly near him. Ericsson hit me, <laughs> which is so weird. And he's he's still hitting Grosjean from IndyCar. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're totally right. I think uh, 
if if I could give it to one driver, it would be the entire Haas team, yeah. um, except for Gunter. Uh, yes. But it's it's, <laughs> it's not because we've already mentioned Grosjean. Look, I think for me, Giovinazzi is a bit of a no one as well. He is next to someone who is an absolute legend. If you look at the stats, if you hop onto the on into Instagram rather and to, uh, look at the Formula One Instagram, they've come through all of the teams and done all of the stats and. It is so heavy leaning towards Raikkonen for most points and all of that sort of stuff. Race wins, the race fa- pace. I just, I actually think Ericsson would have done a better job. Yes, it's nice to have an Italian in an Italian car, but I tell you what, mate, he has no on-track personality. He has no off-track personality. He doesn't exist anywhere in the sphere. He's like Stroll in the fact that you just go, yeah, oh, was that Giovinazzi yeah. that just walked? Like, who, who is this guy? <laughs> and I just think there's better, younger Ferrari drivers. If you look, you know, like an Art Grand Prix in uh, F2 and all of those sort of teams coming up waiting. I'd even rather see Schumacher, and I've, we've said this, I'd rather see Mick Schumacher, who's not that great, in there because at least the Schumacher name yeah. would be in the seat. Of course, that's probably likely to happen in the next couple of years anyway. But Giovinazzi for me, so... That's uh, that's it for the worst drivers of the year. Best driver off the track, though. This is a great question, Tommy. <laughs> uh, and I love this because, of course, uh, Campy's going to say Lewis Hamilton because he's so humble. And uh, you are going to say Kevin throat. Magnuson. No, I'm not because he does nothing as well. Best driver, <laughs> best driver off the track. Off I'm going to say Carlos. Like, I think Lando's... Lando might be the the easy, and I think James might lean that way because we know how much he loves Lando. But for me, Carlos is is the sidekick that's a little bit underrated. He is very very funny with his replies. Oh yeah, and his on banter. Instagram, if, he, if you go to any of, we're leaving Danny Rick out of this character, this, this category. He right? could be your your answer. He was going to be my answer. Cool. All right. You I, I really, I've, I've really had a shining with Carlos. I love Danny. I've the, always no, loved no, Danny. Your first answer is Danny Ricardo, but you're being generous. Yes, and obviously this is my runner-up. But the runner-up, my runner-up in up. first place is Carlos. Carlos, Sons. the smooth operator. Yeah, and fair and it's fair enough too. If you haven't, please do yourself a favour. Go on Instagram, go on to Lando Norris's feed and just look at the comments. And if there's a photo of him and nope. Carlos or anything, Carlos will comment on it and just be an absolute legend. It's so funny. Campy doesn't know how to get to Instagram. He still carries around a Nokia 3315. This is the kind of guy who it doesn't tr- he wears tin hats and doesn't trust the government. There's some very this funny. Five G's giving me all the headaches. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're doing too many barrel rolls. The McLaren uh, YouTube channel. There's some very funny. Like they made the boys taste yeah. some stuff, and Carlos refuses to taste anything. Lando's scared of sushi. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, it's great. It's just hilarious. They're both very funny together. Do you know what it is? It's it's what Red Bull was when Danny Rick was there. Yep. It's exactly. more fun. It's more approachable. And, you know, that's Zach Brown making that decision as a CEO level to go, we need to be more like, well, more approachable from, yep. from a fan point of view. And that's yep. why we said this in the last podcast, my favorite team, and I didn't have one at the beginning of the year, is McLaren. Yep. Honestly. Yep. So when Campy buys me that uh, 670, <laughs> he's going to buy it in papaya orange with the blue yeah, on baby. the inside, please. Possibly. Campy. Who's mine? Danny Rick. Oh, I've got to give it to Kimmy. He's just, <laughs> just the greatest human of all time. <laughs> He's just... Everything, such a big call. Everything the guy does is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you're right. His tattoo's changed. I think it's morphed into a Kimmy tattoo. Well, he managed to oh. scrub the Max one off yeah. Yeah, in the shower. Yeah. And his son is a proper lad yeah, and will grow yeah. up to be an absolute... Legend. Legend. Absolute legend. You're yeah. right. It's, uh, everything he does, he's just so laid back. 
I don't think he means to be funny. No, that's why it's funny. That's why. He just doesn't care. We just get so used to like well media trained drivers yeah. these days, standard standard questions. And Kimmy genuinely just goes, Yeah, I couldn't give a shit. It's the best. <laughs> it is the best. It's really good to see. Yeah, I like it. I've got to give it to him. And the fans love Kimmy. So I don't understand why more teams don't embrace that and stop training them so well in media and just let them be themselves. Yeah, I, don't think everyone, I don't think everyone can be like that though. Yeah. Well, my obviously mine's Danny Rick. Yeah, uh, just an absolute star. I think this has been the toughest year for for him in terms of media and everything else because of people just asking the question over and over again. Why'd you leave Red Bull? Why'd you leave Red Bull? Is it for the money for Renault? Blah blah blah. The bloke has got time ahead of him, and he's even said, you know, I feel on the younger side of a Formula One driver, not the older side, and he still has. You know, if you look again, Kimmy, he's got at least a decade ahead of him what he wants to do. He wants to have a championship sooner rather than later. But let's be fair, he's not going anywhere for the next couple of years. Regardless of where he ends up next, out of Renault, he's going somewhere else. The the, the guy is going to have a drive forever like Kimmy. Like people yeah. are not going to say no. It's like Rubens Barrichello. He's just yeah. kind of there yeah. and, want, and people want his knowledge and everything else. But everything that he's done in all of his personal socials, in all the Renault stuff, I think it's been fantastic. There's a great little that top hat that he made tra- for Ocon was awesome too. It's <laughs> <laughs> my first day. It's my say first day. Hello. Say hello. <laughs> Taped over Nico Hockenberg's 27. Yeah. <laughs> Ocon there. Yeah. It was, was very good. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the best F1 non-driver personality and I know well, I you're going to you say what, Karun Chandok is your favourite person Karun in the entire world. Why is that? Ugh. He's your favourite commentator, I thought, Campy. So spot on. But he's got so much experience his in driving Formula his 1 cars. Is always, his analysis is always 15 minutes too late. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the smartest person in the room? Not you, Karun. <laughs> that was potentially almost you a rhyme. He's the biggest name dropper I've ever seen on TV ever. He's the biggest name dropper. And for a guy that had like half a season in F1, I'm like, dude, get off. Get off my screen. Bring back Ted Kravitz full time because that guy is quality. Yep. So anyway, it's not Karun. So is it Ted Kravitz? Got to give it to Pinks. Natalie Pinkham. Natas. Natas. What a bloody break. surprise for you. Tight. She's Not good. surprised. What a bloody surprise <laughs> it is. ThomasJCamp.com.au forward slash. If you really want to know anything about putting people onto a camera, ask me. Uh, Tommy. Uh, it's got to be Ted. Oh, he, every time you hear Ted, you're like, you're going to get some information that's actually relevant and you're going to hear it in a very witty, fun way. And he's just, he knows exactly what we want to hear. Like, he delivers exactly what the, the fans he, want. Except when he talks about tyres. <laughs> Especially when <laughs> he saw, always uh, leads it with, oh, not tyre talk again. Here we go. Brace yourself. Uh, and then he talks and it's like, that's just very insightful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, cool. Thanks. Also, when he's spotting uh, certain driver's siblings uh, in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> he is not a fan of Lance Stroll, but certainly a, friend, a fan of Lance's what sister. About, what about when he got that text message live on air? <laughs> 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 Say on the text message was cough. <laughs> if one of us is on TV, I feel like that would happen. Hundred percent is the first thing I would be doing. I'd be sh- I'd be hey, shouting at Alexa or Siri or someone to, to send it from across the room if I wasn't near my phone. Oh, very good. Look for me is Martin Brundle because. Year on year, he provides exceptional feedback. He goes trackside and he gives really cool insights and he gets the cameraman. I think he's got one cameraman who always works with him. He tracks on in certain corners and especially this year in Silverstone, he just 
positioned himself really well and was just explaining the way that the, the weight in the car shifted, all that kind of stuff. It's just great. And then he gets in the commentary box, nails it, then he gets out of the commentary box, walks down to the drivers and nails that as well. I mean, from a sportsman point of view, and we've seen that with people like Paul DeResta and Karun Jandok, who are former drivers, inverted commas, even Johnny Herbert to a point, former driver. Martin's the one that's crossed over the best and is has the most yeah. information to give and honestly makes it simple. If you're your first time watching Formula One, he will say, look, this is how the DRS works. If it's your first time, quick explanation. And it doesn't make us go, oh, come on, It's not Martin. patronizing. It's not patronizing to yeah. anybody, including people who really know it. So for me, Martin yeah. Brundle, my yeah. ber- well, he is technically a driver, I guess, but best non-current driver personality. Yeah. I would also say quick mention to Jensen. Well, I hope we see more Jensen Button. Jensen's good. He's always he's good. He's a driver Jensen's in my good. mind. You're right, JB. I know. We man. still see him as a driver. It's just so recent. But he yeah. is just a great personality. And he's actually got some really good insight in a fun, casual way. He's going to be the Brundle. I mean, DC is a similar, similar vibe. It yeah. just doesn't exist in the sky world. For us in Australia, that's what we see is only the Sky F1 stuff. But that's okay. DC, legend of a human being. Great chin. Uh, all right, let's talk about the most improved. Imposing. Imposing chin. <laughs> let's talk about the most improved driver uh, for this Ooh. year. This It's been an interesting season because I wouldn't necessarily say any of the rookies have been the most improved. I would probably be putting it towards even Checo. I know that this is probably a little bit out there, but the fact that he's signed a three-year deal and he started coming up towards the points, this is a team that last year... Improved from what? From nothing to something is still an improvement. Yeah, that's true. Pass backwards. Kimmy, amazing. Hey, look, he he won the Mexican Grand Prix (laughs) from (laughs) seventh. (laughs) Seventh, something like that. It was very unimpressive. Uh, But for me, look, I think he... Look, you know, I don't like him all that much, but I have to be fair to him. He's he showed some improvement. improvement. He's one of those ones that just kind of sneaks up. You're like, you did well again, damn it. Yeah. 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 For me, it's Carlos. Yeah. Carlos, so consistent. Mm. Just absolutely maximised his opportunities. What it reminded me of, so on my flight back with Emirates, uh, I had the pleasure of having... Are you name dropping? Are you trying to get sponsorship into this podcast? Definitely not. Did you uh, get yes, one of, of those hats for James to wear? I did. <laughs> I'm wearing it right now. SS James is one of those lovely hats. No, but there was four-hour recaps of the previous few Formula One season, and what it reminded me of, Carlos' season this year reminded me of VB. Sorry, can I just stop you here? If I'm going to be an air hostess, I'm going to do a male flight attendant. Get it right. How dare you? I'm going to do it on Minardi's airline. I'm going to do it on Bizjet, and I'm going to bloody own a Formula One team at the same time as as being a male flight attendant. Just get just get Paul Stoddy hard Stoddy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bizjet. Hook you up. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry, coming no, back. So Carlos reminded his season this year reminded me of. <laughs> Of Valtteri Bottas, at least I'm choosing a Formula One airline. Back at Williams, Emirates, when he was competing and he was what are they the know? best of the rest. It, yeah. was, it was. Do you, do you remember what I'm talking about? Those yeah. years when VB was just coming through and just consistently coming in fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth in one of the other cars. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, the that's way exactly I remember what it that me era of. was that Mercedes engine was so good. Yep. the first. 
two year or the first year of that turbo hybrid, no one was even close. Yeah, and Williams was the only other team to be running that engine, so mm. they should be coming third and fourth. Mm. Like, that's the way I remember it. I'm mm. not sure if he drove. I'm pretty sure there was a lot well. of Mercedes engines back there. I think it was more than half the grid. Oh, was it? From from, from watching back, that's, that's what it seemed like. Look, I think VB, I think you're right though, Tommy. I think VB is a, is a, an outstanding driver. Yep. In the right circumstances. And I see that's the trajectory that Carlos is now heading on to just one yeah. of those mm, fair enough. outstanding we've, drivers we've that's fi- hopefully going to get into a top we've team. We've finally seen him in a good car. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good point. Most improved he's, driver for you. He's in a Toro Rosso. Yeah, I was going to give it to Carlos as yeah, well. great. Because he was in a Toro Rosso, then he went to Renault for half a year, and he's had some good results. But this is the first year he's really solidified his, his spot yep. as a number one driver yep. in that midfield. Group and it's like he's teams. at home now. Yeah. yeah. Things seem to be working really well for him, which is fantastic. And he's not that old yet. Like, he's the he's the older driver in that baby it's like, lineup. It's like 24. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about best team. I'm going to go first. It's McLaren. Same. Next. McLaren. Rebel. Oh. Drink the Kool Aid. Why? A lot, Christian and Dietrich. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not really doing all that well, are they? No, I just think... <clears throat> I think it was why a disappointing they, year, to be honest. Why are they the best team? Because for... Okay, let's just recap. McLaren, terrible last year. Why are they Very the best good team? this year. Hands down, have the best chassis on the grid. Okay, that's one the person. The only thing that's not in their favour is their engine. Yeah. And the first year of a Honda, Honda engine. They still won, what, two, three races this year or two? Anyway, still won races. They've got a, a top-tier driver in Max Verstappen who will win them a world championship, if not next year, definitely in 2021. Adrian Newey, the best car designer we've seen in the last two decades, three decades possibly. Um, there's media departments, great, great banter. It's got a good culture from outward looking in. They're the most accessible team for any new people to F1 on. I just, I think they're the best. I just, I just think down. McLaren's really given him a run for that kind oh, of like accessibility. Mate, I love Zach Brown. What yeah. he's done for that whole organisation is incredible. We've spoken at length about that before, yeah. but uh, yeah, the best team on track as well. I mean, yeah. that 1.85 second pit stop they did and backed it up with a 1.9. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, hands down. They've got it together. Yeah. I think James and I are just looking at McLaren saying, I just can't fault any decisions they've made. They are making all the right decisions. They are putting themselves in a great position going forward. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I just, again, Mercedes engine in the back of that thing, I just think it's going to be back to McLaren, Mercedes domination uh, very, very shortly. And yeah. I, look, I just hope that because it's such a cool vibe. Oh. It's just cool. The history of McLaren is, is oh, excellent, God. and we'd love to see that come back. Hand in hand. Totally. All right, best race of the year. I'm, again, I'm going to go first. I'm giving it to Germany because it's an absolute shit fight, and that's what I like to see in Formula 1. I'm going to go Germany as well because Campy wasn't here for the podcast, and that's where our best one of the year. <laughs> that was our best one of the year. year. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It certainly wasn't the Abu Dhabi podcast. That's as, for sure. voted, <laughs> as voted by these two Muppets that are currently sitting next to me. Thank you. I'm sure if we polled the 200 regular listeners so we got. Campy's best races can only be when Max won. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely Austria. Red, Red Bull Ring. Hands down. Okay. Hands down. That is that is going to be Max, one of my favourite races. Max started it's a great on, track. The, Max started a great on track. the front row. He shit the bed off the start, dropped back to about seventh or eighth, ruined his race strategy. But those last 20 laps where he just picked off. It's very incredible. Yeah. Man, he, he, he passed two works Mercedes, 
two works Ferraris and a McLaren in like the last 20 laps. That thing stormed home yep, was yeah, and was sing. in another realm. Yep. And that battle he had with Leclerc, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> mate. And they talked it up afterwards. Max was like, please, there's nothing in that. Yeah. The kid can't drive. And I was like, you <laughs> absolute star. <laughs> you would think that as well. Max has actually had a really good season off the track as well. He's had some funny things in the media. He's been saying what he thinks. Yeah, it's I really think, good to see. I think He's it's easy to be when you're not under pressure from a teammate at all yep. at any point in the yep. season. Yep. So true. Very, very true indeed. All right, let's talk about highlight of the year. Highlight of the year. Can, oh, on on so track, broad, isn't it? It is very broad. On track highlight. On track highlight of the year. I think the the pass on Leclerc by Max is definitely up there. I think the fact that Pierre Gasly managed to beat Lewis to the line in, in Interlagos in Brazil excellent. was incredible. Like that was a that was like, a moment. Uh, for yeah. me, it was Daniel Ricciardo overtaking a Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel. To be yeah. honest, uh, it, the fact and that was in USA. Yeah, I'm thinking if I'm going back to Germany, the ice skating rink and oh. just the chaos that that came with. That was just a very fun race. End to no, end. I'll hang on. I'm going to change my answer. It's Charlotte Claire going into the wall in Baku and going. <laughs> no, not Baku. In Azerbaijan, going, I am stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that that is my favourite moment because you just see the the car computer's control. It's like, you know, I am I'm Batman, I'm Iron Man, I am stupid. <laughs> These are the three. Uh, in order. Checking. Yeah. <laughs> my car's not working. Okay, we are checking. Because <laughs> I put it in a wall, you idiots. <laughs> That's my well, heart of the year. I'm going to go to the. British Grand Prix. Yep. I think Bottas, Hamilton, well, I think it was around lap six, their little uh, their little battle they had, mm. but the Max Vettel incident mm. at the end of the race. Oh, yeah. The fact that he just <laughs> sailed Man. across the gravel, gravel trap and managed to get out of it. The way Max drove that car around that track just to get on the podium was yeah. incredible. The, the move he made on Vettel to ultimately get there. I don't think the move – sorry, the move was – was up there, but I don't think it was the greatest move we saw all year. But, no, but. the te- the anticipation and the ten ten laps leading up to it, when he finally got it done, then for Vettel to do what he did was, yeah, I think on track that was probably my favourite moment. Yeah, some good moments. It's oh. it's been a hell of a year, really. It's been so there's been some very boring races. Don't we forget like things like Abu Dhabi. The whole Canada. incident with Canada. Yeah. yeah, where Seb should have won. Oh. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to fight me about that, oh. don't, because I'm useless at fighting. Uh, but, my, I mean, you talk about also another highlight of the year was Seb moving the number one and two yes. around. Yes. Uh, that was that was great as well. Hello, yeah, passive aggression. that situation so well. That was so fantastic. Amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. Well, let's talk about the best Oz F1 moment of the year. For me, it was before, well, the last podcast where Campy said, uh, which was weird, that uh, you can even listen to my dulcet tones as you fall asleep, <laughs> which I heard Surely. live and that hasn't left me. I think... Uh, <laughs> The first time the male flight attendant joke came up was pretty good. <laughs> you would bloody think that. Oh, man. There's, some big, there's been some good boys. had some ripping jokes, haven't we? It's been fun, boys. Look, you guys don't get to experience the first 10 minutes when we actually walk into the room. And that's, that's, that is shit, that's the best part of the podcast. That is, that <laughs> so is genuinely where we come in. All the bad language, 
is just get it out of our just system now. All the quality banter and the things we really want to say on a podcast comes out there. But That's just so Campy's mum will listen to the podcast for the rest of it, otherwise we'll be in trouble. Well, boys, We've enjoyed some good scotches too. That's, yeah, there's been some good scotches and it's sco- been good beers as well. Uh, shout out to, to Jetty Road Brewery for that. Grant, uh, you suck as a human being, but uh, well done on employing someone to, to make beer for you. That's yep. great. Uh, and also gin. We've we've had some gin yeah. sitting down as well. Uh, Definitely. Which has been great. Some drops of juniper gin. I'm just getting in some names, that, you know, because we're Gotta not a sponsored it. podcast, but yeah. if we're involved with businesses, we might as well bloody say it. If you're after electrical work, don't call Campy. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty useless. Don't uh, ask for more money for your gin anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, 2019 boys, it, it has been a hell of a year. I think from a Danny Ricardo point of view, and let's just, let's wrap up talking about Danny Ricardo and then talking about thoughts for, for next year, for 2020. What do you, give me a, a bit of a recap for, for 2020, sorry, for 2019 for Danny Rick and what you think he's done really well and what you think he could probably improve for next year. I think you spoke on it, how hard it is to come from such an amazing team and culture that Red Bull has to step into something so different and not up to scratch, unfortunately. He's been trying to build a culture and build the team from within and he's trying to get everyone alongside. He's trying to help bring his knowledge to them as well. We've just seen uh, Renner really struggling in the engine department with reliability. He, yep. He's been very unlucky in a lot of situations this year, unfortunately. A lot of opportunities, like things like his engine over-revving that millisecond oh, and getting yeah. just things like that that are very much out of his control that could have seen him much higher up in the standings. Yeah, it was really good to hear his perspective about the year as well. You know, he had some, I think he spoke about, I can't remember which track it was at. They were really, Renault really underperformed and were well off the pace and he was driving around and he's, the positive mindset and the attitude that he's come, that he came out of that race and basically what he said was, is like, this sucks but I'm here doing my job and it's going to get better and we are getting better. And that was the mindset coming out of it. So that was good. But as for him for this year, it's been an underwhelming year. Yeah, and he's felt that. I, I don't think, think it's any fault of his own. Nah. Come, coming from a top team to back down to a, you know, yep. mid-pack team. Let's be honest. The, the thing for 2020 for, for me, and I like I agree with both of you, I think Danny Rick has had, we love him. Obviously, from an Australian point of view, we are massively biased. We've said that all the way up front. But his perspective on the change and what he's trying to do has been spot on from uh, day one. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. So it's more for him in changing that culture, being able to get into a different team and help develop them, which is also developing him. He he took a long time to settle into that car and he admits that as well. It's difficult to go from a top-tier car to a mid-tier car. But seeing some of his old self, inverted commas, Red Bull self, come out in towards the end of the year with some late braking and some good overtakes in that car, his confidence is there. Can we hope for a better result next year? Look, let's be honest, probably not. 2020 is not going to be too much different from this year. 2021 is where we're really pushing it. I think the big thing for him is where does he go next? And 2021 is going to give us that answer towards the end, potentially in the middle of the year. Mm. And I know there's people out there who want him to go to Ferrari. There's people who want him to go to Mercedes, which is very unlikely. Ferrari more likely, Mercedes unlikely. McLaren an option. We could see Seb and Daniel both at McLaren 2021. Jeez, wouldn't that be interesting? But there's so much to come for him. Uh, he is 30, but he's not an old 30-year-old. No. Same as you, James. You're not an old 30. <sighs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that softens my heart. Would you like some extra peanuts? Uh, <laughs> can I just have a wet towel? You can have an upgrade. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nothing but the best for you. Tommy, you're up in business class. Can't we get back downstairs? <laughs> into the cargo hold. No, no, the coach is too good for you, mate. Cargo hold it is. We still get some peace and quiet. Down with the poodles travelling overseas. <laughs> no, poodles are upstairs. Still. Just swap them out. Uh, boys, 2020 is going to be a good year. We've had very little changes when it comes to the driver lineup. Uh, I think we can expect to see Mercedes domination again. Ferrari might bring something a little bit better than this year, but again, it's unlikely there. Shit is not in one sock when it comes to it. Red Bull, again, will progress. Adrian's obviously got the skills to, to design a great car. McLaren might be coming again closer towards the front. Is there any much more than that, do you think, that 2020 is going to bring us? I think Red Bull hit the ground running next year. Yeah. We've seen a lot of aerodynamic changes over the last three or four years. And I think Honda which, is going to really step it which up. Which Red Bull have always been on the back foot from. Yep. And we see True. throughout the season that they progress. We've got no aerodynamic, aerodynamic changes this year Yeah, going into next year. Small stuff, not major. Nothing really. Not stuff that's going to... Stump Adrian Newey. I think they hit the ground running next year. Honda gets their motor slightly increased on par with Mercedes in the power output. Genuine challenger. Yep. Could Max this, Verstappen. Could 2020 be the, the team, year for Max Verstappen as world champion and the return to Red Bull glory? Boys, that, that would be bloody interesting. That would it? be good. Well, lads, it, look, it's been a fantastic 2019 and podcast, and I'm really looking forward to Oz F1 2020. If you are, as well as I said, up top in the podcast, please subscribe. Consider subscribing to the channel, leaving us a review if you like it. If you don't like the Only podcast, five stars. if you don't like the podcast, uh, search for Checkered Flag and leave a one star review for them. <laughs> uh, but I also want to give a shout out to the other Australian podcasts, Formula One podcasts that are out there as well. Uh, we're all one community, a very small community in this country. If you're listening and you're in Australia, thank you for doing that. Thank Thank you for getting on board the F1 bandwagon. If you're listening overseas and we know that there are people all over the world, thank you. Thank you for listening to our stupid Danny Ricardo bias. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We love what uh, we are doing. Hopefully you love it too. Boys, it's been an absolute blast. and I'm looking forward to a bit of 2020 action. Yeah. thought that's what we were finishing. <laughs> Podcast Network.